Hey everybody, it's John Voorhees. Uh, another installment of the Mac Stories Lounge interview series. I'm here with Casey Liss um, of ATP, and I want to talk to you a little bit about Layers, which is a little different than I've talked about with some people. I went to Layers last year, and it was a really great conference, and I enjoyed it, uh, but I haven't really heard a lot about it. Uh, my son's there, but uh, we, <laughs> I haven't seen a whole lot of him because he's been at Layers, and I've been doing interviews. So That's funny. I haven't seen him. No, I'm he, just kidding. He I'm was at your table, yeah, I heard. He was, he was at my table both, <laughs> both days. I'm just messing with All you. All right. So uh, how was it? Uh, very good. Um, they It was... So Layers is kind of a design conference, ostensibly, mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that. Uh, you can tell that the clientele, if you will, is kind of designers because you look around and everyone is considerably better dressed than I'm used to seeing, uh, which is probably a good thing. And it, it, in the same way that you know maybe ATP is ostensibly about development and Apple development, but in mm -hmm. reality it's kind of a, a news program about Apple-related things. Right. Layers was ostensibly a, a design show, but really the, the topics covered were very broad-ranging and, and really, really interesting. Um, I just ran minutes ago from a presentation by uh, Dr. Wave, uh, Michael B. Johnson from Pixar, which was incredible. Um, I should have used a movie pun there. It was it was more it was very Incredibles or something. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, it was, that's just one example. Um, there were uh, yeah. several talks about diversity, which I was really mm -hmm. happy to see. Um, I think it wasn't until maybe after lunch that I saw a solo uh, male presenter, which mm -hmm. was a far cry from my five prior years going to WWDC, right. um, and that was really awesome and. All of the presenters were incredible. In fact, I heard one of them whose name escapes me. Uh, she had worked on Siri for Apple, and she did a presentation that I could tell. I, as far as I'm concerned, she had been presenting for years. Apparently, it was her first public talk. And oh, so wow. all that did was make me feel like a piece of crap because <laughs> I've tried to do these sorts of presentations for CocoConfs in the past. And I can assure you mine was a tenth as good as hers. If I'm being generous. I had the same experience this year at CocoCon for mm -hmm. Chicago. So um, no, that's interesting. I mean, I think it's really helpful, especially for developers to attend those kind of things, because even if you're not doing the design work yourself, you need to be able to kind of speak the language of designers, too, yep. in order to uh, you know coordinate with them and, mm -hmm. and get apps out the door. Yeah. And in fact, uh, Will Shipley and uh, Rebecca Slat. I forget her surname and I apologize, mm -hmm. but um, they did, uh, a, particularly her portion was excellent about the, the way developers and designers really need to talk to each other. And what was fascinating about it is Rebecca's a developer, but she's presenting to a mostly designer crowd. And so mm -hmm. I'm kind of hearing this from both sides, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm listening to her advise the designers in the room while also thinking about, well, what are the things that she does that I should take on as a developer as well? Mm -hmm. And it, it was a really, really good talk. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I think one thing that we saw in the keynote, which I think will help kind of bring developers and designers together, is these sticker packs. I mean, they're kind yeah. of a silly mm -hmm. thing, but you still have to use Xcode yep. to do them. So you have to drag your PNGs in there. And mm -hmm. that's, I think it's just, it, it's a gateway to get people comfortable with the tools if they're yep. a designer um, and, and, you know, working with developers. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's been a great show. I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I, I mean, I, I know and work with Jesse Char and, mm -hmm. and, and Elaine Powell, but I didn't know how this 
conference was going to go, and I am so very glad I was lucky enough to attend. And if for some reason you ever find yourself in San Francisco uh, during WWDC week, and if you're not going to WWDC, or potentially even if you were thinking of going to WWDC, uh, Layers is a fantastic, uh, a fantastic option. In fact, I wouldn't even describe it as like a, if you don't get into Dub Dub, go there. You really should consider yeah, it as a Yeah, it's an option here. as an alternative, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, I've not been to like AltConf or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I, I could not say enough great, great, great things about Layers. Yeah, I had the same reaction last year. It was it was really good conference. And I it, it's so convenient because it's basically right on Market Street. It's, mm-hmm. in, it's in the top floor of a shopping mall, which seems a little strange, but it's yep. this big space that they can kind of configure exactly the, the way they want. And it works pretty well because it's... It, you know, even if you want to be able to see all your friends who are at WWC, everybody's kind of in the same area, yep. so it works perfectly well. I couldn't agree more, and you know it's it's going to be a great conference because not only are the speakers incredible, not only are the speakers diverse, the audience was diverse, mm-hmm. uh, but most importantly, perhaps, they take the snack, the, the mid-morning, mid-afternoon snacks so seriously that they're called sessions, so they're snack <laughs> sessions. And, uh, and, and they put as much emphasis on those as they do for the presenters, which as a man who likes to eat, as most of us do, that, that was really exciting I think you've been well. eating better than I have. Yeah, potentially. Because <laughs> I was there last year and I've been just catching snacks where I can yep. uh, at the Park 55. So. Oh, yeah. Then I'm certainly <laughs> eating better than you are. But, it, but I, all jokes aside, I mean, it, it's, I didn't know what to expect and I, I shouldn't. I don't mean to sound surprised, but I just, I, I was, it was an unknown. Yeah, and, you didn't know what to expect. And, and I really, really enjoyed it. I cannot say enough good things. I mean, full disclosure, I do work with, with Jesse and Elaine uh, on the podcast, but mm-hmm. I, I, hand on heart, a completely honest endorsement. It is really great. Yeah, great. I'm glad you had a good time. Um, so let's talk about the keynote a little bit. Was there sure. anything in particular that you uh, you liked or were excited about? Um, I really loved WatchOS 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have since seen a couple of people with WatchOS 3 on their watches, and I've played with it very briefly. And it does what it says on the tin. It, it yeah. looks like it's it's super fast. It's really, really well thought out. In many ways, I think this is effectively WatchOS 1. I mean, obviously it's 3, but uh, right. I think it, they've really done well with it. Um, I liked what, uh, Craig Federici said at the talk show live, which that recording may or may or may not be out by the time this one is, but he had said basically, you know, we were so conservative with battery life that mm-hmm. we really reined ourselves in and didn't want to do a lot of the more advanced things that we, that we had desired to do. Right. And now that we see based on the data they collect on their users' watches, you know, everyone's going to bed with like 50% on their, on their watch. So we can get a little bit more aggressive with some of this stuff, yep. which I thought was fascinating. And and from what I can tell, it really does work. And I was talking to it with Serenity Caldwell earlier mm-hmm. today and, and playing with her watch briefly. And we had noticed a couple of nice little touches that like she hadn't noticed yet. For example, in the dock, you can use the crown to scroll in between the different oh, uh, nice. recent apps, which is a really nice touch. Yeah. And she was explaining to me that um, that I think I forget the details, but when you like launch an app, and then you go back to the dock, it has like a little button under there, would you like to keep this in the dock? And so it's like those nice yeah. little touches that... It just makes it a little easier. It just makes it a little bit better. So I really loved WatchOS 3. Uh, I really loved um, the the broad range of presenters. Um, in particular, uh, Boz, uh, I forget, I think is what everyone's nicknamed her. Um, I've Bozma St. John, I think yes, is her name, something right, like yeah. that. Um, she was incredible. I, I felt bad for her trying to get a bunch of developers to dance and rap. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a never, tough crowd. Right? It's never going to end well. <laughs> and I think to some degree it was designed not to end well. Right. But 
nevertheless, I thought she did an incredible job. And just like what I was saying with Layers, you know, here's here's a woman at Layers who had never presented before and just killed it. Sure. I, I think it was the exact same scenario there. And, you know, there were a couple ups and downs during the keynote in general. But but her presentation, I thought, was just phenomenal. And, and mm-hmm. it's really powerful to see that joy from someone who's working on what they're presenting right. uh, come out. But I love WatchOS 3. Um, during the State of the Union, which is after the keynote, it's a separate session, um, I loved, I forget what they called it, but the visual memory management debugger. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah there's a crazy. Yeah, there's a marketing term for it. Um, if you happen to be a developer listening to this, it, suffice it to say that you can see why something is living in memory, you know, what's retaining it, what's holding on to it. If you have a retained cycle, so, uh, you right. know, it visualizes all the objects in a particular right. part of your app. It freezes it, right? It pauses right. it and shows you all the objects and where the data is going and what's, what's alive and why it's being retained. Anyway. Right. And if you're not a developer, suffice to say, this is super important to make apps that run well and don't cause your, cause themselves to crash or cause, you know, your device to crash. So having a visual representation of what's going on in code, I mean, there's like little blobs with lines between them. It's kind of hard to describe with just a word Mm -hmm. picture, but it's really impressive stuff. And so I think watchOS 3, and I forget the marketing name they had for that, but the visual memory debugger, whatever it was, those were the two things that that impressed me. Yeah, I think what they do with the size classes too is a lot better because, you know, those those Mm -hmm. buttons that show you exactly what class of uh, Mm -hmm. device you're you're, um, doing in IB because before it was very easy to get yourself to select the wrong size class and then yep. make the, make a change where you didn't want to intend to make it. Yeah, it, uh, I recognize that as many others did as kind of being pulled from the Safari developer panel. Um, or, oh, or yeah. no, I'm sorry, the, the responsive design mode or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know Again, what you're I, talking about. I forget yeah. the marketing term for it, but it looked very similar to that. And it works wonderfully in Safari, so it stands to reason it's going to work great in Xcode. I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, you know, going back to the watch for a second, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting are the, um, the watch faces that you can swipe left and right for. Mm, so mm-hmm. you can have different contexts, right? You might have your one that you use while you're at work. You might yep. have the one you use when you're exercising. Or, or whatever. Yeah, totally. I, I had, I don't remember who said it to me originally months ago, but somebody presumably online said, oh yeah, you can have like a watch face for each different situation. And, and I don't generally bother with that. I have a, a, a workday watch face that I leave on all week and then a weekend watch face, which basically the only difference is I take away the calendar because over the weekend, right. kind of whatever. And then I have like, oh my goodness, my 19-month-old baby has woken up in the night. It needs to be all red. It needs to be very dark. It's uh, it's the only time I use the uh, modular watch face. Okay. There's a timer right there on, on, the, on the watch face so I can set a timer so I know I've been in here 20 minutes. I'm coddling him. I need to leave, et cetera. Right. Um, right. But, but what's interesting is I was talking to uh, – to, to Ben McCarthy and um, and he was saying, you know, what with it being so easy to swipe, and this is kind of what you were saying as yeah. well, John, what with it being so easy to swipe, you can have like your wake up watch face, your making breakfast watch face, mm-hmm. your at work watch face, your commuting watch face, which does sound a little bit ridiculous at first, but you know, that might be useful. And yeah, so I'm looking forward three, to it. Yeah, I could see myself using two or three different ones, you know, ones mm-hmm. for during the day, ones for in the evening, yep. going out with friends, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, um, it's not quite as ridiculous as day phone, night phone, but it's, yeah. it, it's, it's still, it's really cool. And it's funny how something as little as changing from a force press and then swipe yeah. To just a straight up Left swipe, right. yeah. how how much of a profound difference that makes? Which I don't know. Maybe that's the uh, the aspiring designer in me that I've been at layers for two days <laughs> saying that. But it's uh, that little difference in how it works makes makes a tremendous difference in how it behaves. Have you heard how stable it is at this point? Because that sounds like something I want right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, my understanding is that iOS ten the first seed is 
of a better it's considered to be more stable than most first seeds are i've heard that from from some friends i've heard that from some people that have uh that have installed it with regard to watch os3 i've heard it's good briefly when i talk to serenity but yeah. she's the only data point i have which isn't to say that yeah. she's wrong but usually i don't like making these sorts of statements yeah, unless i've either. talked to a handful of people yeah, you know me either. yeah no it's um we put it on a 5s we put uh, ios 10 on a 5s mm. and it's okay on that. The problem is there's a lot of functionality that doesn't work with the older phones, like mm, the uh, mm-hmm. the raise to light up the screen. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. doesn't work, and you don't have forced touch on that, obviously. Sure. And a lot of the new notification stuff takes takes advantage of, mm-hmm. of forced touch. Um, but so I think I heard that they're coming up with a gesture. I would think it would be a long press, but maybe it's something else to trigger that, even if you don't have forced touch on your phone. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and you brought up the, uh, whatever they called it, raise to wake or what have you. And I'm very right. curious to try that because... I don't, it doesn't turn me off the idea of it having not used it yet, but I'm one of the like six humans in the world that actually doesn't mind the, the super fast touch ID. Well, yeah, not to say that people dislike it, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't get bothered by not. It doesn't bug me that much either. Yes. Okay. You, we are two of the six in yeah. this room right now. Uh, <laughs> but to me, I, I've always been really good about using the side button or using like the very tip of my finger to prevent um, the, the really fantastic Touch ID 2 from firing. So yep. this is solving a problem I don't really think I have, but some of the most delightful things Apple does is exactly that, solving a problem you didn't even realize you had. And it very right. well could be that I'll love it. But sitting here now, I, I was watching the keynote kind of going, eh. If we'll there's, with more data and more actual data right on the lock screen, I think it's, there's there's a potential there for that being you know a really good feature to have. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little annoying on a, on a phone that can't use it though because you have to hit the button, then hit the button again to get the the number uh, pad. It's like a it's like a two step process. I know? didn't know that. That would, yeah, because you don't have nuts. to swipe anymore, right? Or, right. Or, that would drive me bonkers. Yeah, I did not and know you don't that. have Touch ID on those older phones. So right. Oh, that's fascinating. It's funny though, you know, what you saying earlier just a moment ago, you know, you can kind of in so many words get into your, your go to your lock screen, take some action and walk away. I can't help but wonder if like some of the the cues from the watch which is very similar in that regard, you know, you you're only going to have your arm in the air for a couple of seconds. Yep. I wonder if some of the cues from the watch are kind of informing the decisions made on the lock screen for for iOS as well. Yeah, it really feels like that to me because I think you know, Apple's got a lot of experience now dealing with real quick glances and actual information that's really condensed into a small amount of space. Yeah, exactly. And now they're kind of moving that right to the lock screen without having to get inside your phone. And, mm-hmm. and I, I've found it really, that's the thing I like the most about the watch is yep. just the notifications. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And and having just a couple of really, really powerful and important complications on my watch is really mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep. And uh, Serenity, again, I'm, I'm parroting so much that she told me this morning because she's the only person I've really <laughs> spoken to that's used it. Uh, she was saying that in the same way that things in the dock get instantly launched mm-hmm. uh apparently any third party or really i guess even first party application that's a complication will also get that same privilege of, oh, of nice. being resident in memory and instantly launching and that's super powerful for me because i typically keep fantastical and carrot weather which are probably my two favorite third party um complications i keep them on on most of my watch faces and so it's really annoying when I launch Carrot Weather, by no fault of the developer. No, but it, almost everything just spins and spins. Right. Well, not only does it spin, or in some cases, Carrot Weather will show me weather from like two days ago, which is the last, the last time, time I hit it. it. Yeah. And and that's nothing that they did wrong. Right. It's just the APIs of the they APIs. They have the ability to update it, right? Exactly. And so I'm super excited yeah. about being able to just tap on my wrist and see the weather report for the next few days, which... 
admittedly is like the firstest world problem, but yeah. you know, it's still super exciting for a device that's only a year and a half old or whatever. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how often that gets pulled and, and updated. I mean, yeah, somebody I told me somebody that. told me that they're that they're guaranteeing a minimum of fifty updates during the day. And oh, that's I that good. this is all rumor, so I could yeah. be lying. Um but it's like twice an hour or something like that. Yeah, I mean so that's not terrible. And I think you can from what I remember of the APIs that I looked at last year, I think you can ask for more than that, and mm -hmm. they are they are going to try to give a developer more than that if they can. But in a in a worst case scenario, they're guaranteeing at least fifty in a day, which to your point is about yeah. two an hour. Which yeah. I mean, for most complications, I don't think that's bad. You know, no, I think not that at all. should be reasonable. Weather's not going to change usually that fast, right. right? Yeah, meetings. I mean, if you're if you have that many meetings in the day that are you know. Squished together, yeah, exactly. Then, then I think you have much bigger problems than a complication. Yeah, but, you do. <laughs> but it, it may not be sufficient for that. But nevertheless, you can also preload what the state of the complication should be if memory serves for the next several hours. So okay. presumably, if you're called back at least once, you can give Apple, you know, several hours worth of information, and mm -hmm. they'll cache that and just hold on to it. Oh, so that's cool. What do you think of the extensions that we've got? I mean, I think it's really interesting that Apple's kind of opening up their first-party apps and, and allowing developers to, you know, be creative and bring in new new uh, functionality. Yeah, those. I haven't really wrapped my mind around all of it. Um, obviously, the thing that was most interesting to me was what's going on in, in messages. Mm -hmm. um, I am I'm a 34-year-old guy. I don't understand Snapchat. I've never installed it. I played with it briefly on somebody else's phone yeah. and was found it completely inscrutable because apparently I'm an old man. Mm -hmm. um, but I was really impressed with what I saw in the demo. Most of the, the people that were watching it with me, we were actually watching it in my hotel room, which is where we're recording right now. And there were a handful of other developers with us, and most of them were either scratching their heads or going, oh, that's stupid. Uh, a couple weren't, but most were. And it is kind of cheesy, but I don't know. I, I use as many emoji as like a 12-year-old. So yeah. I, I think this is hidden right into my soft spot, which is apparently I'm an inner 12-year-old. And so I'm really looking forward to... Playing with the stickers, I really, really liked the um, improved um, rich links, which I'm not yeah. clear if that's on the web or not, but at the very least for things like songs, I think they give you like a preview or something like that. Yeah, I think they did it for uh, URLs too. Okay, good. Yeah, because yeah, that's what I miss most about something like Slack, which I right. use for work, is that you get this inline preview, which sometimes is enough. Like say mm -hmm. for a tweet, for example, you'll get most times the entire tweet right in line, which is super useful. Um, so I'm hopeful that they're going to do some really good work with that. Um, I also liked what Slack calls reactions. I forget what Apple calls them, but basically you can like thumbs up a prior message from somebody right, else. Right, it's associated with a particular message. So like if you have a fast moving thread, it doesn't right. get lost in the in the shuffle. Exactly. Yeah. So you know when you and I were arranging uh, recording this, you know you when I, when I said to you, oh I'm on my way, you could have hypothetically just thumbs up that individual that message, one, right. which I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's it's kind of nice to your point to yeah. have the context a little bit clearer. Uh, the invisible ink thing that yeah. looks super fun to me. Yeah, that everyone really else, neat. everyone else in the room was like, "Oh, that's ridiculous." But I thought it looked super yeah, cute. Yeah, it's fun. Part of the problem I think with a demo like that is because they're trying to show it all off. It looks a lot more cheesy because it's it's right. overdone, right? You wouldn't right. use every single one of those features yeah. in in a conversation in the course of five minutes. But. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, some of the other extensions, I can't even think of what they are now. But. Yeah, they got maps, I guess, right? And mm -hmm. they've got. Very narrow categories for Siri, which is right, right, right. Kind of interesting the ones they picked. I mean, it... yeah. And um, I was watching. Shoot, what was it? I was. I it was maybe State of the Union, maybe uh, the talk show. But somebody was saying, "Listen, you know, we're we're doing the natural language processing for the developers, and so rather than um, Alexa uh, and Amazon stuff." 
where my understanding, having not used it, is it's kind of you have to follow a structure and right. whatever. And maybe Particular it's like syntax, right. right. Maybe it's like noun, verb, you know, adverb or something like that. But the one, you know, Alexa, tell my lights to turn on. Alexa, tell the garage door to open. You know, right. something along those lines. Well, with this, what they were saying is, well, Siri is smart enough to extract and extrapolate what you mean, regardless of how you phrase it. It could be, mm-hmm. hey, Siri, or I mean, hello, uh, what was it? Ahoy telephone. Ahoy telephone. Ahoy telephone. Uh, open the garage door. Or ahoy telephone. Uh, is the garage door open? If not, open it. Here's, I'm, I'm, yeah. Maybe that's not the best example. But my point is um, th- you can play with the sentence structure and it'll figure it out. And what they're handing developers, I think maybe it was on the talk show, what they're handing developers isn't a string of text for them to figure out and parse. They're giving developers, here's the subject, here's the action, and like here's the adjective or something like that. I forget right. the details. But basically, they're going to parse out what the meat of the message is. Yep. And and they're limiting it so much because there's only so many they, – they, they need to contain the problems so that they have reliable and repeatable results rather than opening it up to the whole world of apps and saying, well, hopefully we'll figure it out. Yeah, I talked to Brian Iris about it a little bit earlier today, and, and he, he was making the argument for using the Alexa model as a fallback. But one issue with that, I think, is just user experience, right? If right. you're if you, if you you're not going to know as a typical user whether this is one that's got the special uh, natural language right, intent. right, right understanding of Siri or whether it's got to have the special syntax that is in a right. particular order. Yeah, I, I see both of your points entirely, and, yeah. and, and, I, and I think you're right. And I think Apple's perspective is clearly we want a better user experience, and that's your point. Right. And, and, and I think that makes sense. I'm very hopeful they'll open it up to more apps. Um, one, of the th- one of the things I love most when I was trialing Apple Music, I'm, I'm a fairly religious Spotify user, but when I was trialing Apple Music, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about it was I could say, you know, Ahoy Telephone, play, I don't know, whatever the new Taylor Swift song is or something right. like that. Or like my my 19-month-old really loves uh, Cake by the Ocean by Dance or DNCE or whatever the mm-hmm. band name is. So if I'm in the car and he says, you know, play Yaya, then I can say Ahoy Telephone, play Cake by the, or Cake on the, by the Ocean, whatever right. the name of that song is. And, and that's a lot easier and more convenient than pull, having to pull over and like fiddle with my phone to try to find the right song on Spotify or what have you. Right. It's interesting with Siri because I just got a car like a few weeks ago that has CarPlay in it now. Oh, really? Yeah. I got a new Honda Accord that I'm leasing. And what was really interesting to me is that I have the same complaints a lot of people have about Siri and how useful it is sometimes. But when you're in the car, it feels like magic. Yeah. Because you just can't deal with that stuff. So yep, even yep. if it's a little less accurate, you know, the things that would annoy you when you're just using it with your phone don't annoy me at all when I'm in the car. That's that's really interesting. So how is CarPlay? Like I, I've only talked to a couple of people that have used it and I think both of them are Apple engineers, so they're a little bit biased. Yeah, so what do what, you think? I, I like it. I mean uh, Siri is also good in CarPlay because one of the problems is that the hardware is not, you know, Apple hardware, right? Sure. It's a Honda, and it's not a capacitive touchscreen. It's one of those mushy touchscreens. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's not great. It's particularly bad for things like scrolling. It's okay if you're just poking at icons to right, turn on right. overcast or something. Mm-hmm. But if you're scrolling, it's it, it's really hard. Um, but the Siri integration is really, really pretty good. There's just not that many apps. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's like Overcast. NPR has something. MLB, I think, has something. Um, Spotify, of course. There's, you know, it's usually some sort of audio yeah. type of app, but it um, works well. Yeah, I, I, I've got to imagine that it's not a large or not a broad range of apps that's appropriate for CarPlay. Yeah, no, that's true. But nevertheless, the ones that do fit, like Overcast, like Spotify, like right. MLB, I think 
those are like the bread and butter for that scenario, right? Something that generally speaking involves either showing you where to go or listening to something. So, right. Yeah. My, um, my car is a, is a 2011 and I have like onboard navigation, which is actually reasonably decent, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm petrified to get in a car that has CarPlay because then I will need to immediately sell my car and get a new one because yeah. my car is way too old to support that sort of thing. Yeah, the navigation is pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah, it actually has like a dual display because there's the main display, which is kind of the radio display. Sure. And then there's a display up top. And so if you're navigating down here, mm-hmm. um, it'll still show like the artwork and things um, on whatever music oh, that's or interesting. podcast app you're listening to. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really hopeful that whenever the time comes that I get another car, that whatever it is, I probably probably will require it to support CarPlay. They're starting to get a decent number because I looked sure. at a list when I was starting to think about cars and yeah, I was kind of yeah. like, I, you know, my eye was on, if I can make this work with CarPlay, I'm going to yep. do that. So um, it, the list is getting pretty long now. Yeah, and uh, they didn't really announce anything major about that, did they? Today, uh, this uh, year? No. I mean, uh, certainly not in the keynote or anything, but I, I wasn't sure if you had heard through the grapevine anything from like WWDC sessions or anything like no, that. No, not yet. Not, nothing new. But it's it, it works in a way a little bit like the watch, it feels like, because it's kind of projected from your phone onto sure, another screen. Sure. Um, but it's good enough. I mean, you know, all you, you're not doing much other than play, pause, skip, volume, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it's yeah. on the both on the steering wheel and also on the screen. So. Yeah, that's super nice because, yeah. I mean, it's relatively simple to, to do basic operations on the phone, you know, while you're in the car. But naturally, the most appropriate way to do that is pulled over on the side of the road or in a parking lot or something. Right. And, you know, everyone's human. Not We don't always do that. And so right. the thought of having like a... a as cheesy as it may sound, a bespoke interface just for the car. Like that's yep. that sounds super. I guess awesome. nice, you know, nice chunky button, so it's yep. easy just to mash it with your thumb while yep. still looking at the road. And, and I think it supports like a BMW iDrive's controller. I thought I had read somewhere yeah, it that, might. It, that if you have like a controller designed for the in-car system. Um, then I think it kind supports of scroll that as between well. the icons, sure, like something that. like that, or maybe yeah. it's just in lists you can you know spin right. through or something like that. I, I obviously I don't know that for sure, but that's the rumblings I feel like I remember hearing. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm curious to see where CarPlay goes. Um, I haven't spoken to Federico much about the apparent lack of interesting news on iPad, so I. I I, I hope he's not too miserable, but I think I saw a tweet fly by saying he bought himself his second iPad because, he did. He's, because he's hung out with Mike Hurley too much. So yes. clearly he's not, he clearly he cannot be but so upset. That is going to be his beta iPad, I believe, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then once the betas are done, once the betas are done, it'll be his second full-time iPad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, have you been over to the new store over on U- in Union Yes, store? actually. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, so um, I ran over there with a couple other people on Monday. I think it was after the keynote. And we ran over just to check it out real quick, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, and one of the people I was with, um, he looked up at the second floor and said, oh, my God, I think that's Tim. And so sure enough, really? it, just yeah. by pure happenstance, wow. Tim was like schmoozing up there briefly. And I was able to get within about five feet of him, was kind of waiting for him to turn my direction so I could try, try to shimmy over there and get a, get a selfie like a 12-year-old. <laughs> and uh, then right around that time, his handlers were kind of shooing him oh, in the opposite direction, which was too bad. <laughs> Um, but I did notice out front there was a, and I'm a car guy, there was a BMW 7 Series, um, which appeared to be just sitting there with its hazard lights on and like a Suburban behind that. And I thought to myself, oh, I bet that's his caravan. And yeah. then sure enough, we were walking back to the hotel and by pure dumb luck, 
there it is. There he is stuck in traffic because maybe it was maybe it was after the State of the Union. It might have been evening time, but regardless, there there he was stuck in traffic, and he was in the back of the Seven Series oh, okay. using his iPad Pro, doing right. doing gosh knows what. I mean, it was, it was tinted windows, so it was hard to see, but yeah. it it was clear enough that you could see that it was Tim. Huh, so yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I heard it takes them thirty minutes to open and close those doors. It wouldn't surprise I, me. I mean, I, it's really not even clear how that works because it doesn't even look like there's a motor or a track. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's really interesting. And I mean, these doors, they're they're these humongous pieces of glass that are two probably two plus stories tall i mean yeah. it, the building it only has two stories in it but each of these ceilings are like 15 foot ceilings or whatever the case may be so it was be i mean of course san francisco doesn't have weather right i mean they just they don't have, have bugs really yeah either, they don't right? have, they don't have bugs they don't have weather it's always beautiful everyone's yeah. always on vacation in california so they had the doors wide open and it was really impressive and then i was talking to uh, mike and federico and a few others yesterday and they said that it ended up that they needed a place to congregate and didn't feel like congregating in the hotel bar. And so they ended up doing exactly what Angela Aarons wanted them to do, which is they went to Apple and just oh. kind of chilled in the courtyard or whatever uh-huh. over there at the Union Street, Union Square, whatever. Yeah, the Union Square. Yeah. Union Square uh, store. And I guess they just relaxed all day using Apple's Wi-Fi and chilling at the Apple store. Yeah, they have a nice little park behind there. It's yeah, still I guess that's slightly, where they were. slightly under construction, but mm-hmm. there's some tables and stuff out there. Yeah, it feels when you walk up to it, when those doors are open, it feels like you're walking into a building with a missing wall yeah yeah yeah. there's there's such a big opening yep Uh, it's pretty cool it it was really interesting and then uh the guy was with sam who had uh pointed out um tim cook he uh he had worked at apple in the past and and or maybe he just had a friend that that had worked there or something but he showed me and I, i put this on instagram actually the um the the tables and i don't i wasn't clear if they were display tables that just weren't in use or if they mm-hmm. were like designed for people to just mill about but if you waved your hand near a uh, an indentation in the table or a seam in the table then up came via a mo- via a motor the power and ethernet ports oh, and then you cool. wave your hand just right in front of it again and then it'll push it it'll power itself back uh-huh. down which is like such an apple thing right yeah. you know in every conference room in corporate america you have to do the like push down and then it pops up dance yeah, exactly but no not with apple you swipe the invisible hand gesture oh, over over the wooden table and then magic happens it's yeah, just it's so really apple cool. But it was very neat. So if you happen to be at the Union Square Apple Store, give that a try. Sometime. And it's definitely worth a peek because they're going to roll that out. But it's one of a kind right now. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And the screen upstairs is gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very very impressive. Yeah, cool. Anything else you want to talk to about talk about it? WWC? Uh, no, I mean, I just, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you and uh, the Max Stories uh, cohorts as well, and, and just seeing so many of the people that, that I enjoy seeing every year. And, you know, if, if you're into Apple development or, or into this community and, and you want an excuse to hang out for a week in June, there are worse places to do it. And, and, and as, you know, my, I have a regular day job doing writing iOS apps, but um, but my night thing is the Accidental Tech Podcast, and mm-hmm. it's been super flattering to have people come up and say hey, and and I've really appreciated that, and and it's just such an awesome community community, and being able to experience all the different flavors of it, being able to to go to WWDC or just watch the sessions and occasionally watch the sessions with friends, to be able to hang out with you and and right. some of the journalists, and being able to go to 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 layers and and hang with designers, it's just it's. As much as I think people give San Francisco some crap, and myself included, about, oh, you have to be in San Francisco if you're in tech. Otherwise, you just don't count. Right. 
Well, maybe that's kind of silly the rest of the year, but it's actually kind of nice for this one week. Yeah, it's fun. And, and you know, even without a ticket, you, neither of us have tickets, and, mm-hmm. and you keep really busy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to think, um, you know, because WWDC lasts all week. In fact, this week, it, or this year, it goes all the way to Friday afternoon, whereas I think in years, or Friday evening, I should say, whereas in years past, it kind of unofficially ended at about right, lunch on yeah. Friday. Um, and so I was figuring what with layers only officially being uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I thought I'd have oodles of free time. And I feel like I'm just as busy as every other year, if not more so. Yep. And and it's just it's a it's a fun thing to do. It's a cool place to be. It's getting uncomfortably expensive in terms of hotels and air right. travel and things like that. So hopefully something will give there. But it, it's been unbelievably fun, and and it's been great to hang out with you, John, and thank you for having me on, on the show. I really well, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, it. Casey. I really appreciate it. Good deal. Thank you. Okay.